Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Not from sunny Florida, but from very, very rainy Florida. This is Dr. Simon, and I do a show rather sporadically uh, entitled The Stories We Live By. And it's been raining here almost a week, and it looks for the forecast we're going to have a lot of rain all through next week. And while I am delighted that the drought could be broken, because we have a very serious drought here over a number of years uh, here in Florida, uh, I just might want to, don't want to see it broken in the next week or two. Let's spread that rain out a little bit. In any event, um, let me tell you why I called my show A Story of My Anxiety about living in a too complicated world. Um, The underlying meaning of the story is to shed some light for me and for anybody who's listening uh, about the reasons why Donald Trump was elected president. And I make clear um, that I am terrified. I am constantly anxious about how the man behaves, how he speaks, how uh, how little he seems to know or care about what he doesn't know, uh, how incurious he is, uh, how angry and uh, potentially dangerous to um, the whole world we live in. And uh, the anxiety got much greater uh, when he pulled out of the Paris Accord uh, it's a, a very serious problem. I do believe that uh, uh, global warming uh, is not only a product of carbon, but uh, it's like playing with a loaded gun, and you've got to do what we can to mitigate this. Uh, there are rising sea levels. Even the Republicans in South Florida are upset, very upset, uh, about what's happening to the environment here because we're at sea level. And while the sea has not risen uh, or is rising in millimeters per year, anything at sea level starts to have very high tides, bad storms, and uh, the Everglades, which are a source of our water, drinking water, much of our drinking water, are now showing signs of the ocean creeping in and polluting it with salt. So these are serious things that have to be taken seriously. And he and the uh, Republicans who used to talk about environment and now have become uh, uh, the sheep, uh, um, this is this is a very serious problem. He scares me. And I want to know why people voted for him. And I want to present the theory tonight, uh, some intellectual ideas. Um, before I start, let me, let me recommend two books by the same author. Um, and these are ideas. His ideas have been similar to my ideas, but he has written two such intellectually breathtaking volumes, for me anyway, about uh, the first is called, his name is Yuval Noah Harari, H-A-R-A-R-I. He is an Israeli historian, Ph.D., so he's one of the intellectual uh, elite, 
although I heard him interviewed, and he doesn't talk like an elite. He talks like a, a normal uh, uh, but very curious, well-educated individual. And the first of the two books, they're both long, but they're written for a popular audience, so if you could stay with them. But I find them breathtaking in, in going through historical epochs and the trends that have made up the history of our species and his theory about what will happen in the future uh, to illuminate uh, a lot of my own ideas uh, as to what happened in our politics here in 2016-17. And what has happened, it's sort of like somebody who smoked for 40 years and wakes up one day... um, with with a a, a, a a note in his neck, goes to the doctor and finds out that this is a metastasized uh, a metastasized um, uh, 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 cancer from his lungs. The cancer, and I think the present administration is a cancer, uh, a political cancer. Um, has been happening for a long time. And if you put it within history, it makes sense. Uh, I'll offer some suggestions of what I think might be done, but I really don't have much hope uh, that what won't happen is some kind of quick solution to the problem. Um, It's, you know, treating a lung cancer can be successful sometimes for the rest of a person's life, but often it leaves all kinds of secondary problems and scars and ultimately uh, can do in the individual. And I think our society at this point has a kind of a cancer, hopefully not a terminal one, but it's a serious problem. The books that Harari has written are first, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humans. And the second one is called Homo Deus, which means humans as gods. A Brief History of Tomorrow. And I'm not going to discuss the books, although uh, as I go through my discussion today, um, if you read the books, you will see we're kindred spirits. Although uh, I certainly don't have his intellectual grasp of things. I have a pretty good grasp. Uh, I'm kind of proud of my, my ideas, the ideas I've been able to develop, whether false or true. I'm still pleased with them. And uh, he, he's just one of these people who amazes me. And if you have some curiosity, and uh, give yourself six credits, three credits, college credits for each course, for each book. So what set this particular uh, theory up of it, so why people voted for Trump, has to do with my own anxiety in the last couple of weeks over the fact that I couldn't get my televisions to work. And I'll explain why. I have three wall-mounted televisions. Now, once they're mounted on the wall and they're flat screen, they're very, very nice. Uh, One was bought uh, about 18 years ago. One was bought 11 years ago. And the newest one about two years ago. Uh, And, of course, they're more difficult to work and, and program each time they, uh, a new one comes out because the technology, which is going to be at the heart of my discussion, gets more complicated. But you can't get to the controls of these sets. What you have to be able to do is work with a wand. 
And it's wonderful to be able to sit on your couch and uh, put on the TV and move it from station to station and program the course, the things you want to uh, uh, focus on and, and record. And uh, it's really terrific. Two of the wands are broken. One is in the new, my, my master room, the, the, the den, and my wife watches that set the most, and I join her in the evening to watch shows, and one of the buttons doesn't work. So I thought I would take uh, the wand from my third set and reprogram it to the other set, the set that lost, that's damaged the wand, with the damaged wand. And what I ended up doing is not figuring out how to do it correctly so that I couldn't turn on my set in my office that, that I use, that I've created it. And this causes me tremendous anxiety. Now, I will call, actually, after a week, I figured out, I remembered seeing the tech that when he put the code in and pressed the button for the code, he faced it away from the television. So I was able, doing the right code, get my TV, the one in my office, my workroom, uh, where I'm pro producing this show today, to work again. I was very pleased. I hope I can do well. But the anxiety was enormous. It is a terrible feeling, a terrible feeling, not to be able to control the basic needs of your own life. And it got me thinking that the life we're living now is so damn complicated. Um, I could add another piece to this. I'm going to start using an online program to do my notes related to the patients I see in the, in the uh, nursing home where I work. That creates anxiety. I have to learn something new. I have to buy a new machine, a new laptop, and I'm going to bring it down. And I can get help for all of this. I can get someone to come to the house and re get, bring new wands and reprogram them if I can't figure it out myself. And I can get a tech down at the company I work with uh, and they will help me uh, set up and learn how to use this program. But all of this requires effort, concentration, and I'd rather not do it. It's complicated. As I say in my, in my note uh, to describe today's show, most of what I'm talking about are nuisance things. They really don't determine the center of my life. But how many people out there are living in a world that has become so unbearably complicated for them that they can't earn a living, that they can't function in a way that uh, allows them to feel competent and in control of the basics of their life. Now, I believe ultimately none of us are in control of anything. Uh, one of the reasons we have religion, one of the reasons we follow politicians uh, whether they're like Trump or not, is that it gives us a sense that someone is in control, even if we're not. Well, God is in control, and God creates the purposes. So if there's a horror in our life and, and something bad happens, it has meaning. Uh, but we're living in this complicated world that has no meaning. For most of us, God is irrelevant. If we say we believe in God or we don't believe in God, uh, we believe in technology. We believe in progress. 
as Harari puts it, our new God is technological progress. And more and more people don't have the education, the skills, and the wherewithal to deal with that technology in any particular way. And if you look at the jobs that are, have been created in the last 25 years, and look at the jobs that will be created as we move forward, because nothing is going to stop the, the American, the capitalistic idea that progress is what makes life worthwhile, and that technological progress gives us power we've never had before. There's no going back. There's nobody going to reinvent the buggy and the buggy whip, just as nobody is going to bring coal back. It's a gasp, a dying, uh, uh, a dying field. Uh, it's going to be abandoned no matter how. The con artist president promises people that they're going to get their jobs back uh, in, in low-tech uh, industry. Uh, we're not preparing for the skills the next generation needs, except if you are in an educated family, in a family uh, that has uh, all kinds of resources, and we're now split between uh, wealthier, more educated families and less educated, less able families in terms of understanding just how fast this world is changing and how quickly uh, we have to uh, change our educational system and the way people learn to be able to adapt to these rapid changes. Uh, one of the reasons I believe Trump was elected is that he represents in the modern power-oriented uh, technological world success. Because in our society, the mark of success can be many things, but mostly it's how much money you own and how powerful you are using your money. And these individuals, all of these millions of people, not all of them for all the same reasons, who turned to Trump because he brought on the strongman message that a guy like him can be powerful and rich, and if you follow him, you will be able to cope with your life. It's, of course, a lie. It's not going to happen. Uh, all that's going to happen is more damage to our society, more damage to the world, more damage to the world order, more damage to the institutions that make up the stability and, and safety of the United States. But that part is what I think motivates so much of the uh, adoration of the strong man like Trump. And he's not the first. Society is littered with these individuals. And the damage they ultimately do brings everybody down to a state where they were just absolutely worse off than before they bet their money on the wrong horse. So we have a society galloping out of control in which particularly for men, and these are the men who are the angriest, the most frightened, the most feeling inadequate, these are the men who increasingly are turning to suicide and violence and drugs 
and alcohol to create a quieting of the inner anxiety. And what happens when a man can't make enough money, when wealth, actual physical wealth and assets define his manhood and his success, his ability to feed his family, the basic things, as well as the image issues that men have to struggle with and have always had to struggle with. When this happens, there is a self-hatred that develops. And it is very difficult to live hating yourself and fearing the world uh, and feeling hopeless and helpless. And for any of you who have followed my broadcast, I have spoken about the origins of depression. Uh, and this is the heart of depression, a feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, a view that the world has spun out of your control and is hostile to your intent. Uh, and I'm not saying it isn't for millions of people. It is just as the technology in my own home is taxes my ability to function in a way that I want to function. I can't walk away from the technology. I'm going to buy a new computer uh, uh, this week. My kids are going to send me some money uh, as my birthday gift, my, my big 7-7 seven, seven birthday coming up. And I'm going to buy a new laptop that I really don't need or want, but it will allow me to deal technologically with my job for as long as I want to continue to work it. But if this was the center of my life, then it would be a different story. And what happens after a while, people look for a solution. And this is in history where the strong man, the con man, comes on and says, I have simple answers to your problems, simple solutions. The, the process allows individuals under the tutelage of the strong man to focus their rage and hatred away from the self and on to those who are designated as the scapegoats. In Germany, the Jews were the scapegoats. Uh, I always worry when I see scapegoats being formed, scapegoated groups like Muslims, uh, the ever-present scapegoating of blacks. Um, this, this terrifies me for them, for the country I live in, for my children, and for me and my family as Jews. Because somehow we're the always the ever-present scapegoats that uh, are in danger. And we've unleashed all of this, like a cancer that has been bubbling underneath. We now are growing scapegoats, individuals. Now, they're not marching yet. They're not really organized yet. Uh, Trump, while he has all manner of illiberal uh, uh, characteristics, while he has uh, found, the, like most powerful people, uh, a, a group of yes-men, and put them in positions of both small and large in the government. Um, there's no Hitler. Not because I don't think he, couldn't be, he could be, but because there's still too much structure in the United States. I'm hoping. I may be whistling through my butt here. There are still too many powerful enemies. There are still too many individuals that he has taken on 
uh, who will fight back uh, and stymie perhaps some of his worst and most illiberal uh, cancerous ideas. But we're in danger. We are in danger. And I ang- anxi- have anxiety about it. And anxiety, as I've spoken about many times, is a universal emotion. It says there's something you need to know or something you need to do. And you don't know exactly what it is you need to know, and you don't know what to do about it. Whether it's a simple anxiety, like how do I fix the wand to my TV, or how do I get a new job, which is much more complicated, or what do I do politically to help restore a sense of of democracy or hold on to the democracy we already have in a country in which large numbers of people have lost faith in themselves and therefore lost faith with themselves as citizens. Now, I don't believe there's an easy solution. If you read Harari's book, uh, he talks about myths, different myths. Um, There are many myths, historically religious myths, that the morality, the right thing and the wrong thing, both to believe factually and both to believe morally, had to be believed because you were told by people who spoke for God. We don't believe in God in the same way. So we have, as Harari puts it, a belief in ourselves and in the honesty of our own feelings. The therapist, as I've said many times, has replaced the priest of old. Although in many parts of our country and in many parts of the world, the belief in God has taken on a new virulence and a new uh, uh, urgency for people. And that's why I believe in many parts of this country, there's a withdrawal from science, there's a withdrawal from rationality, because the belief in rationality that has produced the technology has not brought people any sense of real meaning and purpose for their life, nor the skills that they need to manage a life that is increasingly beyond their understanding and their skills to deal with. This is where we are in history. Societies go up and societies go down. And we're living through a time of massive social dislocation and change. Uh, When I was still teaching, we had discussions about what we should teach. Uh, And what we should teach is how people should learn what they need to learn at the moment it comes into existence. Uh, That's a big leap for an educational system, and for the people who are living through these catastrophic times. And they are, to me, more catastrophic than they are beneficial. So, uh, I had more to say. Um, I have no answers because I don't believe God will come back. I don't want to live in a world dominated by priests uh, and and rabbis who make pronouncements uh, that all confuse facts with morality or determine a morality uh, that makes no sense to me in the world we live in. Um, The new priests, and I've 
anybody who follows my show know how I feel about the psychology and social work and psychiatric priests who look at a person who's struggling to live, who's full of anxiety and hatred of self or prejudice for others that has been projected outward and come up with a label that is basically a moral judgment, but conflates the judgment with a description and an explanation for the behavior. It's simply another secular priesthood that can't help and won't help. And you have to have faith somewhere. And I find I'm rather faithless about many of the things that I see as solutions. Uh, I'll finish up in a moment with what I do have faith in. Uh, I, I have to put my money somewhere. It's certainly not in the belief that if I had another million dollars, my life would be materially better or morally better or spiritually better. I don't. I have all the toys I particularly need. Um, my wife and my son suggested I should take a uh, gift card to the PGA Superstore and go buy myself something for my golf. And here I am. I have the set of clubs that I love, every piece in it. Uh, I didn't want to replace. Unless it got broken or stolen, I wouldn't replace it. I have what I need. I have what I want, which is even nicer. So, as a man of little faith, I look around and I see people have faith in money or faith in technology or faith in God. And those who really are comfortable with that faith, I kind of get jealous. I wish I could have such a faith, but I don't. I don't. And I certainly have gotten past the point in my older age that I have faith in any politician. They all cause me anxiety. The very fact that somebody says, I have a cure for the world's ills, uh, uh, suggests a hubris and arrogance that is stunning and terrifying. But this particular man that is our president, to me, uh, uh, boggles the mind as to how many have faith in him that will, without any doubt in my mind, be fully betrayed. And where will be then? Where will that rage go then? Uh, where do I find refuge? What do I believe in? Uh, I believe, and I've said this before, and, and that the good life, and that makes it a moral statement, because what it makes life good, is to be embedded with people but still be an individual. To have enough to eat, to live without undue fear, to have a feeling of dignity and pride that's shared with others, in yourself and others, and ultimately to be creative, to have a, a, a relationship to music, to art, and I don't care. I'm not a snob about the music. Uh, my wife doesn't like a lot of the music I listen to, and we're in the car, and we take rides, a lot of rides. Uh, we have uh, 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 serious radio, and we put on a couple of rock and roll stations, and some of the music I listen to there, there's a particular group I like, Train, uh, is very sophisticated, uh, very interesting, sometimes beautiful, uh, but it's to me an art. It is art. 
Uh, I have always loved uh, Bruce Springsteen uh, for many years and Billy Joel. Um, Art doesn't have to be Beethoven. It doesn't have to be some of the composers that I like who spend two years over a piece of music. But the very fact that somebody writes a piece of music and takes two years to produce something that's complex, that has a story, that has some kind of a narrative and an underlying structure that I could relate to and lose myself in is to me where I want to anchor myself. Some of the happiest years in my life have been from my 50s into my early 60s where I wrote four books that theoretically take apart the field of psychology uh, as a science and as a medical ancillary and put it back together in a totally different way that I think makes sense, uh, which I share with other humanists and, and uh, uh, other groups of clinical psychologists, etc. Uh, they were the closest I came to my own personal kind of creativity. Uh, I am part of the uh, force that created my three children and by second level, uh, my grandchildren, uh, who are the most important human beings to me um, uh, and, and my reason for living. But my own creativity was very important a feeling that I had contributed something, and even if it wasn't read and didn't disseminate as well as I would like, it doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, it gave me that sense of uh, what Maslow, Abraham Maslow called self-actualization. And I think life is very hard without some of that. So... Uh, I think that's the end. I, I have, what, 15 minutes I've done? What time is it? 7.30? I've done half an hour. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to call in. Um, I could become more philosophical and go on about some of the trends uh, that we're living through, like the rise of, of the self, which taken too far becomes simply the rise of narcissism. Uh, and the counter effects of uh, wanting people to uh, follow God's law to the point of being murdered. Uh, the whole world seems to be uh, going through uh, another historical epoch of religious murder and narcissistic uh, self-indulgence. Nothing of this is new. Nothing of this uh, will provide any long-term benefit for the people doing it, although they will do it until it peters itself out and we go in another direction and the pendulum swings in another way because it always does after the damage has been done to us as individuals and as a society and as a world. Uh, the rich will always decide that they were superior to the non-rich and there will always be the same struggles and there will be the struggles to find meaning where in a world in a system where I don't believe there is any meaning except that which we create and that's tough to do particularly a meaning that's shared and a morality that's shared purpose we make the purpose for our lives uh, I don't think there is anybody to give us the purpose certainly not higher powers and certainly not the 
disgusting people who become the politicians who then of them the worst become the strong men and the con artists to say that only they can save us so uh anybody want to call in you can call right now uh, I'm ready to hang up and have my bowl of ice cream for dessert. I really shouldn't have ice cream. It, it doesn't do my stomach any good, either on the inside or the outside. But uh, I didn't drink any wine today or last night. But my stomach is feeling better, uh, although I'm not as happy as when I have a couple of glasses of wine. You have to pay for everything. I don't know why the world is that way, but it is. So you could call in at 646-716-7756. Maybe I'll push on chat. Okay, now launch the chat. What happens if I do that? Open moderator chat in the window. Flash chat. Let's see what happens. Now, I don't see that this is going anywhere. It says loading UI components. See, I have anxiety. What the hell is that? What are UI components? All right, that's enough. I'm going to say good night. I'm going to end my episode. Wish you all well and wish us all good luck. Strength of purpose and a way to get through our lives with dignity a full belly, and ultimately love. And beyond that, a sense that we've created something beautiful in the world.